Welcome to another episode of Distry. With always uh, us is Kate, the Disney Cicerone, and myself, Kirk, from Walrus Carp. Today we are celebrating the uh, amazing publication of her book, A Glimpse of the Magic, available on Amazon to download for your Kindle or, of course, through Prime because everyone needs everything the next day. Uh, Kate, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing unbelievably good. I feel um, overwhelmed and excited and I cannot believe that like my journey has brought me here to the point where I'm publishing a book. But how wonderful it is that we also get to do history on this day when all this exciting stuff is happening. And also thank you, shout out, thank you to everybody who has purchased the book. I really, really appreciate all the support. Um, but let's talk about what we're here today for. I think it, we're rounding out the year and this year has been big for Distory for yeah. our, our first year of our podcast. Yeah, I mean, we've done quite a few of these. We've spent I know, a lot I think of it's time. like 35 episodes, maybe. It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And if you think about it, it's way more than a day's worth of listening because some of those were like three hour episodes. So, you know, oh, we... it's yeah. It, I think, well, we got OK. So we had like our year end wrap for our podcast from mm -hmm. Spotify. Right. And it. They gave us like we got <laughs> I think they, they upped it. It's like nine. We made more content than ninety nine percent of the other creators in the history category on Spotify. Take, take that, you nerds. <laughs> <laughs> we'll out nerd the even nerdiest <laughs> of nerds. You know, I mean, there, there is so much truth to it, though. I think like the average podcast uh, that people start, uh, usually they fall off by episode eight. I think that's like more than 90% or 95% yeah. of podcasts stop by episode eight. So like, it's amazing what you can do if you just keep going. And yeah. uh, we have no problem talking about Disney history. <laughs> we keep going. Uh, we, yeah, like <laughs> you can't stop at some us. Point, at some point, Spotify is going to be like, listen, you got to stop. Like it's a little excessive. <laughs> well, and you know, and what we also did it, what, that was excessive this year was talk about the Haunted Mansion <laughs> a yeah. lot. <laughs> Yeah, so we figured why not uh, before the new year talk about Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> so tonight was really exciting because we actually were thinking about we were tossing uh, a couple of topics and ideas and the Haunted Mansion kept on being the one that we circled back to. And I just said, you know what? I know we can do this in a truncated fashion. We don't have to like go like ad nauseum with it because I think a lot of people don't even know that this exists. I know that sounds crazy, but I think there's not as many people are familiar with the fact that Disneyland does an entire holiday overlay that goes and spans um, a good portion of the year going through uh, Halloween all the way through New Year's. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's big and it's huge. I think it's the most popular the Haunted Mansion ever is at Disneyland is during that time. Like it's not it's not it's weird because it's not popular the Haunted Mansion ever is at Disneyland is during that time. Like it's not it's not it's weird because it's not as popular as like the attractions in Magic Kingdom. But there's so many attractions at Disneyland, it's kind of like more it's not I would I wouldn't say minor. Because I feel like that's taking too much away from it. But it's not as in demand for most of the year at Disneyland that is at Disney World. But except during Haunted Mansion holiday, it is slammed like the entire time. I think so. that's so strange too. What would you say, just real quick without getting into it, into the weeds, what would you say is the number one attraction outside of this like almost guaranteed throughout the year or like one or two? In Disneyland? Um, in Disneyland. Gosh, that's so hard. 
I mean, it's it's like the big ones. It's like Space and Splash. Um, probably no, Space mm. and Matterhorn. Matterhorn's a big one. That one's almost always slammed, except for first thing in the morning. Um, and Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Like, people always love Peter Pan. That's like a go-to. So I'd say those are the yeah. three biggest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, all good choices and all uh, very uniquely different than our counterparts here in Florida as well. So, well, I mean, I think rise is also in there too, but I'm thinking more like the classic attractions, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, rise is you just can't popular really count. Everywhere. Rise is always, <laughs> yeah, it's going to always be popular Star Wars. So, yeah. so, um, taking us back, uh, I, I don't know where you want to start, but I, I kind of want to start in, <laughs> you know, like, dude, how far do you want to really go back? <laughs> Hang on. Let me find, I'm trying to find, I would like to start, all the way back in 1983. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine, because I, I think we have to talk. We have to talk at least a little bit about the movie, or this doesn't make any sense. So yeah, let's, yeah. So let's I'm, I'm going. I'm going before the film, and we're going to Tim Burton when he was an animator. So most people uh, know Tim Burton, of course, for his like really gothic and dark uh, takes on some really interesting stories. But Tim Burton was an animator for a long time at Disney. Mm-hmm. And while he was there as an animator, he wrote a poem that was called The Nightmare Before Christmas, which eventually gets made into the film back in 1993. I just want to read really, really quickly uh, one section because I just I just think it encapsulates what is going to happen, not only in the attraction, but then, of course, in the film. Um, In Halloween, this is a part of uh, Tim Burton's poem. In Halloween, everyone gathered once more, for they'd never seen a Santa before. And as they cautiously gazed at this strange old man, Jack related to Santa his masterful plan. My dear Mr. Claus, I think it's a crime that you've got to be Santa all of the time. But now I will give presents and I will spread cheer. We're changing places. I'm Santa this year. It is I who will say Merry Christmas to you. So you may lie in my coffin, creak doors, and yell boo. And please, Mr. Claus, don't think ill of my plan, for I'll do my best Santa job that I can. It's a great story. I mean, this poem is long. Like, I I couldn't read it on here. It'd it'd probably take, like, a good solid, like, five, ten minutes, especially with, like, good intonation. But uh, check out that poem if you didn't know that actually existed, because it's it's a really cool, like, prequel to... um, to you get the underpinnings of where Nightmare came. Well, yeah, and he before 1983. I'm going to go back one year back further than that because oh, you gotta, like we, we have to <laughs> talk about um, really briefly the the short film Vincent that that Tim Burton made in 1982. Uh, we're talking about we're going to show the very first uh, incident of Jack. Is that what we're going to go with? I was just going to mention it. I didn't know how much, because we have so much to go through for this. So. <laughs> I know, dude, but you know, it's um, like, but we I do ruined have, everything. I have, a, I know, I have, a, I have a quote from, um, like, he, he, Tim Burton was really fascinated with the holiday, holidays during his childhood. He said anytime there was ho- Christmas or Halloween, it was great. It gave you some sort of texture and all of a sudden that, that wasn't there before. So I think he loved the idea that like it just was like transformed. Everything was transformed, which is so great for this like overlay that we're going to get that like everything just becomes completely different than it was. Um, but yes, Vincent in 1982 was a... Um, was kind of his first like short film 
and it's 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 definitely Tim Burton style. <laughs> it's got it's got all the things. I don't have a lot to say about this because I stuck mostly to to um, Nightmare Before Christmas. But well, there <laughs> he is. Thing about it. No, just there he is. Like this is the first yeah. like representation of what eventually ends up being um, the Jack Skellington that we know and love. Yeah, and it's um, he also drew. Tim Burton drew inspiration from television specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and A Visit from St. Nicholas. He still like grow up watching those. So this is, he said um, in an interview that I watched, he said that it was like the idea of the Grinch stealing Christmas. He takes everything away. Well, this is like, instead, it's like the guy like bringing Christmas. So it's like, it's just the reverse of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. which I loved. Um and his also the the name Vincent is really important not only in the haunted mansion um, overlay but also Vincent Price was one of his um, one of his favorite actors, and he was um, considered as a voice actor for a lot of this project. So Vincent Price and then Vincent. So the name Vincent itself is like is very important to remember as we walk through mm-hmm. the haunted mansion holiday overlay. Um. Should we talk a little bit about the movie itself? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to do this is like a, an aside, but I, I think it's important. Uh, and this actually happens uh, in 1988. Where is my picture of this? Oh, it's when he. OK, for, so for um, well, in I'm 1984, pull... 1984, he was fired from Disney Studios. And a lot of people thought like the project of he had been working on the nightmare before Christmas, but the project stalled because basically everybody thought it was just too weird for the company. And then they <laughs> fired him. <laughs> and so he left Disney. Right. Other things. And one of those things in 1988, somebody said, oh, wow, it looks a lot like Beetlejuice. Will you be correct? Because in 1988, he directed Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that claymation kind of look and feel certainly comes from Beetlejuice. And in fact, we get another Jack Skellington type character. Also very reminiscent of your bow. Yeah. Oh, my bow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're like bo- my bow, like my boyfriend. Like who are you talking bo- about? <laughs> no, like not like you're like <laughs> your bow. Your bay. Your bay. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? Like, uh, <laughs> like what? You're, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very iconic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I also feel like those, like those, that sand monster thing. Like, what oh. are those things recalled? Yes. Oh, I have a whole much. bunch about that. Um, okay. Let me find it. So I have to scroll down six pages to find, get to it. Lord. Okay. I think it's in the attic. Okay. So the snake greatly resembles the sandworms from Tim Burton's 1988 dark comedy Beetlejuice. The film sandworms are aliens from Saturn, which devour ghosts who are transported to the planet by paranormal means. But the sandworms were inspired by the 1965 science fiction novel Dune by Frank Herbert. When there's really? giant monsters that huh. swim through the sand. Um, under the planet of, I'm going to mispronounce this, Arrakis, their larvae created a prized narcotic known as melange or the spice. So that was, and then that idea of the sandworms um, could have come from a real life um, cryptid known as the Mongolian death worm, an intestine-like creature that swims in sand and is highly toxic. So there's, sandworms are a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in like sci-fi. So they've, they've been around. It's not a new creature but I love how they just keep like kind of coming up. So we got Dune, we got Beetlejuice, and then we have The Nightmare Before Christmas. So. And then we have Kevin Bacon, 
Only these these sandworms tremored. <laughs> Did you ever see that film? No. What? No. Oh, is it Tremor? Tremor. It's Tremor is the one I I think I it's... think Elliot wanted me to watch it once and I didn't. Oh so. my gosh, it's it's iconic. It's hang on. It's like one of Kevin Bacon's like okay. first films, and it's literally about <laughs> sandworms. Like it's like literally. It's there you go. So, so a there trope you go. You that can... we know well throughout sci-fi <laughs> is the sandworm, sandworm. concept. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Tim Burton also did Edward Scissorhands too, I believe. So he was mm-hmm. he yep. he did like all those kind of like creepy, spooky things that we think of of that time era. That he was probably involved with it. That was kind of his style. Um, so. In 1990, Tim Burton found out that Disney still owned the rights to Nightmare Before Christmas. And he um, so then he and he basically gets hired back with Disney. He and Henry Selleck committed to produce a full length film. Harry and Henry Selleck is going to direct it. And um, because Burton had had all the success over in Warner Brothers, um, our friend Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was like, hey, golden child, come, come back. He's like, we're having all these like this streak of success with animation. Will you come back and um, work for us. So that's how he kind of ends up back is because of Jeffrey Katzenberg. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so he couldn't actually direct it because he had a commitment to Batman Returns, which he was doing at the same time. So he didn't actually like direct it. Um, and he was involved with the project, but he wasn't on set all that often from what I've read. He was just there every once in a while. I don't know if you had some, I didn't want, I've been talking for a while. So I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, you're good. I have a couple really fun pictures from like behind the scenes. There's a really neat documentary that's out there that's just kind of like behind the scenes making of Nightmare Before Christmas. And I highly recommend it. It's like a 25 minute watch. It's free. It's like online. Um, but you can, they actually tell the story of how they do all the things. Here's a great picture of Henry and Tim Burton on set for once. Um, it, it took a very, 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 very long time to make this film. Yes, it was. They were committed. Painstaking. It was, it's actually really impressive, the creative process that they went. I mean, they talk about um, making all of the different figures and how they, they have to make them so they're posable, right? And so the machine shop has to make these like exact figures and then they make them into all these kinds of molds and then they put like this foam mold around it and then they send it to the people who do the dressing on it and they paint it and they like do all the, it's involved. And that's just like to create the models and they have to make multiple of them because they have what, 20, 20 sound stages for filming. So they were like all at once, 20 sound stages and a crew of over 120 workers. And then they had 109,440 uh, frames taken for the film because it was shot in 25, 24, 25 frames per second. So they had to have 25 frames, pictures per second of film. That's how, and that's how every time they would take, like move the characters, take a picture, move the characters, take a picture stop motion animation and it is i mean they said if they got one thing wrong in it they had to redo the whole thing so it took forever <laughs> crazy did you move his thumb no it go back they said it's it was another really twenty thousand frames oh my gosh they said it was so high stress because if you made a tiny little error in like lighting or you move the camera or you move the thing the wrong way they had to reshoot the whole thing i'm like mm-hmm. that's crazy and then they said the animators um they had to make it so the animators could reach everything within two feet so even in their like set design 
like here's a picture of like a model of the set. This wasn't the actual set. They had to make it so that you, they had, they even had little trap doors that they could reach their hands in from the bottom to be able to move the figures. Um, but everywhere had to be a two, two foot reach for the animators so they could comfortably do their job. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. So I loved also the, um, they had 400 heads for Jack because of all of his expressions. Yeah, they literally had, and it was like a briefcase. Like they would just like open up and it was yeah. all the heads and they would oh, just I've got it. put them I on there. Kind of a blurry picture, but I have, you can see kind of his heads and they would just adjust his heads. <laughs> put new heads on. And, but for Sally, cause they didn't want to mess with her hair. She just had a mask for a face that they would take off and then like put a new face on. Yeah, it like literally ripped her face off. Like not his whole head, like a face. It's just wild. So um, yes, lots and lots of painstaking work to get all of that done. And like, even if I, even if you're not a huge Tim Burton fan or not like a fan of the style of animation or it's too spooky or scary, or whatever, it's still really impressive the amount of work and artistry that went into creating the textures, the colors, yeah. the shapes, the characters, the design. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of a lot of his like stylistic decisions, except for Nightmare. Like that one I really, really enjoy and Beetlejuice. But like I wasn't oh, crazy fan of of vincent or the willy wonka take or the alice in wonderland yeah. takes like just not my style yeah i'm not a huge fan of those ones either but i do like nightmare before christmas because it's so it's fantastic it's fantastic like you can see there's good old santa claus and <laughs> wheel and that's the scale that they're shooting at which i think is really interesting yeah that's so cool Mhm. Mm mhm. yeah it should it should uh that was so Britt was saying uh, how it makes uh, her appreciate the film even more, which I, I think once again, like these are things that are kind of commonplace to us. Like when I think about the attractions or the way that they do film process, like a lot of it is like commonplace, uh, but it's not it's not like so many people don't know a lot of this stuff. So it's really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same as bloomers. <laughs> <laughs> I do love his like bloomers. Or, his, or like, pantaloons. Coat. Would they pantaloons. do pantaloons? <laughs> Vandalins. Um Captain Jack in James and the Giant Peach is also they use the same stop motion figurine for him. So if you ever watch James and the Giant Peach, uh, it's also just Jack. So he shows up there just as a little aside. Um, and I found a really interesting quote that talks about the style of uh, the of all of it, really. And he said, when we reach Halloween Town, it's entirely German expressionism. When Jack enters Christmas Town, it's an outrageous Dr. Seuss-esque set piece. And finally, when Jack is delivering presents in the real world, everything is plain, simple, and perfectly aligned. So if you think about that, it's like you German... Ex it's your clock again. <laughs> must, be, must be 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And coincidentally, this song is going to come back when we uh, see Little Miss Madame Leota. <laughs> okay. uh, although I don't think it goes through every single... Day of Christmas, thank God. <laughs> okay, so those of you who are not <laughs> not familiar with German Expressionism, it's very um, harsh lines, dark, um, angular, very, like, you think of Halloween Town, German Expressionism, very, like, that. And so they said the only colors they were allowed to use were, I think, black, gray, and orange, or black, white, and orange. So that's what you see in Halloween Town, are those colors. 
And then you think of it really does look like Dr. Seuss. Now that I watched that film again, I was like, oh, it, it's Dr. Seuss. <laughs> That's all Christmas Town is, is Dr. Seuss land. Um, and then the real world's the real world. Yeah, I love boring, that. Boring plane. Oh, what's this? What's this? There's something in the air. And I love when he's putting the like in his in his like hollowed out sections of his eyes when he puts the lights in there. That just yes. that, to me, that's like like a really great metaphor for him. It is for like yeah. the transformation of his character at that point. Yeah, it's he really beautifully so done. More. I mean, it's it's yeah. a great great film, and honestly, I you know. Uh, you know what? One thing I didn't look up, I didn't look up to see how was it, how did it perform in the box office? You know, I didn't look that up. Yeah, that's something I, I just, I was like, ah, dang, you know what? I should probably look that. Its well, budget was $24 million and it box office, it was a success commercially. It was $91.5 million. But if you look at the leverage on that, that's not as much banking out in the 90s, right? No. Because if I bet if we looked at like, let's look at Little Mermaid. It was it, it's over time has developed a cult following, and I think over time it's gotten way more merchandise marketing. It's like I think yeah. it's more popular now than it was when it was released. So so think about it like Little Mermaid, forty million, so double the budget basically, and gross two hundred and thirty five million. Now groundbreaking. There's so much that goes into like unpack that stylistically versus this one. Like I totally understand all of those things. Yeah. However, the cult's acclaim and appeal of that one film, right? And and it's now become, as you've said, during the holidays, the most popular ride at Disneyland outside of Matterhorn sure. and Space Mountain. Yep. It is super popular. It is where everybody wants to be and everybody goes, both from, from like sept, uh, August, like when they begin Halloween time, and now they extended it all the way through like mid-January, end of January, like forever. And I'm Just, like... Because they know, they know how popular it is. They, they're like, let's just keep it around a little bit longer because people want to see it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it didn't, it, it did well enough that you know, I think they, they, um, yeah. So anyway, how the overlay started? Shall we transition there? Yeah, let's start with yes. <laughs> Sure. Um, so in 1997, there was a small world holiday overlay. That's when they started doing that. So if you've seen that one, it's bright Christmas lights everywhere and um, all the dolls, everything is gets dressed up in lights and new songs. And it's it's a it's a whole adventure. It's got smells and it's lovely. Um, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang <laughs> on. What, what was the year of that? 1997. Okay, before that, though, I have, like, overlays at Disneyland. There was one, it wasn't a ride, but it was a show. The Country Bear Christmas special yeah. started um, back in 1984, and then Tokyo started doing it as the Jingle Bell Jamboree in 1988. Yeah, now, they were just really starting to experiment with all those overlays, I think. Yeah, but it's it's cool that it started so early, like into the 80s and then into the 90s of having overlays on attractions. I they're they can be the minorest little change and parks fans love it, especially in Disneyland, because those are that's a locals park. They want to see all those things, you know. 
yeah, that uh, quote from the creative entertainment director, Stephen Davidson, he says, we found that guests like the idea of seeing an attraction enhanced. They relive their old memories of the ride while making new ones for the holiday version. Plus, guests treat the classic rides with ownership. They want to come and see what you've done to their ride. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I never thought of that. But that is, Mm -hmm. I mean, if it doesn't go well, you really hear about it. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they. I think that that is why, at least the ones that are in Disneyland for um, Haunted Mansion Holiday and um, and then the Jingle Cruise too. I think that they put a lot of time and effort into those because they know if they just do kind of a a half half overlay where just don't really go all out, people are gonna be like, "This isn't any better." Like, just give us our original. Like, don't bother. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a uh, not all overlay people are out (laughs) no i'm gonna be honest with you there can be like small changes to some attractions and it'll it'll work and be successful Uh, i think a great like it's a small world is a production like that is an incredible overlay yeah Uh, but something small like our speedway speedway is a small undertaking they put up a couple of uh wooden frames with some lights it's not that much dramatically different it's really easy to do mad tea party as well as alien swirling saucer it's just lights and music and same even with space mountain it's just lights and music but makes a big difference on how you perceive the attraction and enjoying it in a different way uh but then you have jingle cruise and then i would say for us probably the most challenging one is in jingle cruise i actually think Putting up the lights in Living with the Land has to be more oh, yeah. labor intensive because yeah, there's so sure. many plants that they wrap with miles and miles and miles of lights. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I completely forgot about that one. I've never seen that one. Never seen Jingle Cruise either. Maybe next year. 2023 is my year. <laughs> Gotta get out there. <laughs> um, yeah, but so that's the ideas and people they're just like, oh, we are onto something here where people want to come then and see it for the holidays because you would think of like, I know a lot of people want to go to Disney anyway for the holidays, but there's a lot of people like myself that I'm like, I don't really particularly want to go when it's like super crowded. But if they had something that was really unique that was only there during that time, might make me want to go a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they proposed, um, uh, first they proposed a retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol for the Haunted Mansion, which kind of makes sense in some ways, you know, like the Victorian Well, era. I mean, you're dealing with ghosts, three different ghosts. We already have Erasmus Pickwick in the ballroom hanging, yeah. and he was a Charles Dickens type character from England. So, yeah, I mean, I think it could fit there. And in fact, I kind of feel like the shrouded ghost, although doesn't have a sickle or anything ominous, is very much like the ghost of uh, Christmas. Uh, what is it? The Christmas future? Future. What is future. It? future? Future. has to be future because he goes sure. past then he goes past present, present then he goes future. Future. I, would, I would imagine yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, i mean i think it could have fit in but the parks themselves declined they just there's like nah let's not let's not bother with that and then they suggested doing twas the night before christmas but they didn't want to put santa in this like super macabre environment like it's like macabre like ooh, like it doesn't make sense santa like no that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. so then imagineering suggested nightmare before christmas um and they had already used if you remember we in our long series about the haunted mansion we talked about the pet graveyard and we talked about um how the the little gravestone from frankenweenie 
um, mm-hmm. from Tim Burton was actually inspired for the the pet cemetery. You can see that one with it looks like kind of like crossed bones back there. <laughs> and then I have the oh gosh, where'd it go? And then I have the one that's from the graveyard here. It's like Fifi. So there is already like a little bit of Tim Burton just kind of like in, in the haunted mansion. So they're like, okay, let's let's do this. Um, it made sense. It fit, you know, and it it made so. It premiered um, October 2001, and then they have a similar version, in, but different, in Tokyo that's called Haunted Mansion Holiday Nightmare, which is, we can talk about a little bit as we Yeah, go. and I, I couldn't find, I can't substantiate this, but this is a rumor that has been said among, amongst uh, cast members, uh, is that supposedly Walt Disney World was supposed to get the overlay, but it ended up going to Tokyo instead. It and makes sense. That's the reason, this is what I've heard from on tours, why there are hidden Jack Skellingtons multiple times. Um, it's mainly in books, but, and I've never seen the one on the portrait and I feel like it's changed over time, uh, but Master Gracie is supposed to have one on his face. <laughs> I don't know oh. if I believe that. But oh, there, well. there are there are hidden Jack Skellingtons right now. I'm dealing yeah. with Chrome, but there there's books like um, I had them already pulled up, but my Chrome is acting really wonky. So uh, there's one in the library uh, all the way to the bottom left hand corner. There's a little uh, table and then there is a, a book lining on top that says The Nightmare Before Christmas, just written out in uh, like that same exact font from the film. There's also in the attic, too. Uh, more books and on the spine has a Jack Skellington. These are all really challenging to see. The only way I saw them is by doing something nefarious, which was like going super, super late and putting my, oh, hang on, hang on. My, my computer has woken up and, uh, and, and put, I put the flashlight on my, my phone one time. Look at you. Not, not all the time, but like I've done it, but yeah, you can see like this one's in the attic scene. We can see, um, and then there's, that's the one that's also on the attic on a bookcase. And then there's another one. This is the one that it's written on the actual book that's in the library scene on the floor. That's actually the one that's the closest. Yeah. Somewhat less subtle than the Disneyland version. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You think just like replacing Silas Crump with a giant Jack. Yeah. I think a little bit different. I think it's cool, though. Like, I mean, how many people uh, know that there's hidden Jack Skellingtons inside the Haunted Mansion? I don't know. I think that's cool. I know. So you get a little tiny bit if you're in Florida, but not 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 necessarily the same. Yeah. So um, I feel like there's a lot to cover, but but there always is. Do you know we're almost an hour in already? I know. (laughs) I feel like we should. I feel like this should be a one off episode. I feel like we should just move. What do you think? What do you think? We sh- what are you saying to me? <laughs> Do you want should... this to go longer or want this to be less? I think that we should um, go for it and just do it because I think All right. it's our last one of the year. Let's do it. Make it happen. Let's go. We're not stopping. <laughs> We're just going. Buckle yeah. up, kids. Because then we can start fresh in the new year with a new topic and a new whatever we're going to mm-hmm. do. We don't even know I'm yet. I'm with you. So be great. I'm with you. All right. So... We already talked about how it started. So let's, should we start outside of the mansion? Just kind yeah. Of... Yeah. Pictures outside the mansion. Okay. 
So when you approach it, um, Haunted Mansion Holiday, you basically just see. Luckily, a lot of this will go fast because just us saying like, this is what's here. Because Yeah. Like, and you're looking at like pictures mainly. Yeah. I, I swear I have <laughs> battling my computer to get it back up. I went on one website that had like 40 pop ups. And oh, no. it was, you know, what? I'm going to say it. it was inside the magic. You can't even use your website. Oh, I know. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was it was so many pop ups. It was unfunctional. So just a heads up. So as you approach, um, you can see Jack um, sitting on a pumpkin looking at a snowflake. And it says Haunted Mansion Holiday. I love or, that over the queue. Yeah, Haunted Mansion Holiday. And he's just hanging out. And you start to hear the thing you hear is when you approach up is the the ghostly music box is what you hear. And that's what plays in Disneyland Paris. Now, remember, area. our, our uh, music box, uh, if you remember, we kind of talked about it a little bit. We never covered Paris uh, but that music box, there has been rumors that the music box is the reason why the spirits have come to life. And in Mystic Manor, that is the same box that the little monkey dude opens up. But, oh, how, oh, wow. Okay, hang on. I got it. <laughs> It's, it's like, oh, like when, but yeah, when it, this reminds me of like the internet when I would go on like GeoCities and it would take like four hours like to AOL open a picture. On. Yeah, the the one thing that's like a subtle thing uh, apart from Jack is I just love that the haunted mansion plaques are still here, but then the wreaths, which by the way, the wreath is so cool in the door knocker scene. When I was watching the POV today, I was like. Yeah, I it like wish holds we had on to the chandelier, which is it's the like it's part. a living entity. The plant yeah. is fully moving. Yeah, it's and so it's like cool. all around the doors. We'll get there. But it's like it's mm -hmm. that's probably one of my favorite parts of Haunted Mansion Holiday, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on the you can see that there are a lot of um, candles and pumpkins and they all light up at night. They do like a little lighting ceremony for it at night, which is really fun. And um, they also have the little um pumpkins that are on the coach so they're they're in the hearse <laughs> chilling so there's not much change they just like added a lot of ribbons and pumpkins and candles to things and skeleton heads that's like virtually everywhere but it makes it this like magical scene and something that's really interesting that changed to the outside of the mansion is we used to have this um telescope that was mounted to the banister and when we got haunted mansion holiday it went away Hmm. that and the barometer that's behind it it they move they put one that is movable in there and that is because of all of the decorations they put on the railings they couldn't have it there anymore so it, they now have one they still have one but it's one they can pick up and put away and then and you're showing the clock which was lifted right out of the film and from what i hear the the um people who created that clock were just tickled that they pretty much just like copied it and put it on the front of the mansion so that by the way right you're after. you're a big clock fan so i'm sure you're uh you love the bat I like hands on it it's so cute all of that clock i love i think it's fantastic and i love that it came right out of the film um it's like oh you can't really see it well in this picture but on that big kind of town hall building back there that's where that clock would be mm -hmm. um and then oh the scarecrow too the scarecrow is there which this that comes from this original concept sketch from um tim burton and then they changed it to the scarecrow i, uh, I have him i kind of have a not a great picture of him but that's what he looks like there Chilling in his pumpkin patch. 
nothing. So <laughs> I tried to change tabs and now I'm in, I'm back in prison. No. Well, I've got lots, so we'll just keep moving. So then they have the Christmas equation that Jack uses to like figure out what to do with Christmas. It's on a big giant list on the side that. of the building. And which is rolling out of his awesome coffin sleigh, which is, oh, yeah. it's, it's a green coffin, green coffin. And instead of having like a sack for toys, it's literally a trash can. Yeah, you can kind of <laughs> see it here. Mm -hmm. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and yes, Jackie, that is correct. That is the I am Jack the Pumpkin King when he lights himself on fire. That is a <laughs> very similar one as well. Yeah. But like that his sleigh like his coffin sleigh crashes into the roof. This is a good place where you can see that the telescope wouldn't have worked because you see the candles are mounted right there on top of the uh, banister. That's why they had mm -hmm. to remove it. So that what else is on the outside? I think there's not much else. Oh, there are some little lanterns that are in the graveyard. And I had Look I had a this. number on here just randomly. I found uh, on a parks blog. There's over 400 flickering candles in jack-o'-lanterns that they added. Um, and there's also 100, uh, actually 124 jack-o'-lanterns that they put, which is insane. <laughs> It's a lot of pumpkins. That is a lot. Um, I do have also the pet cemetery. They kind of like put bows on all of the pets. Mm-hmm. So you can see they just kind of gussy them up a little bit. <laughs> this is a non sequitur, but I passed a mailbox today that had a squirrel on the top of it. Like not a real squirrel, but like a fake like wooden squirrel. And to their overlay, they put a beard and a Santa's hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, Florida's wild. I, I'm hoping I go back and I see that mailbox have like an Uncle Sam hat for Fourth of July. Was it like Earl? <laughs> it, Earl dude, the it was squirrel. Like, dude, time out. <laughs> Earl, that's the name of the squirrel. I feel like Universal's stealing Earl the squirrel. Well, so this is from Frankenweenie on the black and white one is Frankenweenie, and then the other one is in the, the haunted mansion squirrel. Wow, so, wow, wow. Another one that got lifted from the film. And that's not one of the squirrels that they, uh, they were, dude, were you there when, uh, the cast member told us what they did with squirrels that are, uh, they're like a little too aggressive. I don't think so. Oh, they relocate them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. Oh no. <laughs> they go to the squirrel farm. Oh my. Oh, it's, it's cause they get domesticated. They're like basically eating food, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So that is basically the outside of it. Um, so the music's different and it looks at night. Oh, do I have a picture of it at night? Because nighttime, honestly, I don't even bother going in the day most of the time because nighttime is when it looks the best. It's just gorgeous. It's like flickering candles and everything lit up. And it's it's just amazing. So then we're going to go into the the foyer. And that's when we see, we hear the ghost host's voice has changed from the regular one, um, which is Paul Fries. And then it's voice actor Corey Burton. I actually looked up what Corey Burton does. And he did, he's done, he's like everywhere in Disney. Really? Like everywhere. Um, he also does the feature, he's the free feature presentation voice on direct-to-video video releases. So 
Um, he's also Doc Hudson in various Cars Media and Radiator Springs Racers. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And um, general knowledge from the former Cranium Command attraction at Epcot. No way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know, it's. I was listening to him. His voice is is uncanny. It's really it it settles in nicely because like you you think about that one period yeah. and how iconic um, the narration is, and it sounds really good. Yeah, he was basically hired to imitate Paul Freese, and I think mm-hmm. he does pretty well. You can still tell it's a different voice, but it's it's fairly it's similar. It's really close. Where you're not, it's not jarring. Where like this is not the right voice. This it's like it's very similar. It's the um, Nightmare Before Christmas version of the Haunted Mansion. Come on inside. <laughs> what? <laughs> he actually he says, "Twas a long time ago, longer now than it seems, in a place that perhaps you have seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told began in the holiday worlds of old. I know you're curious to see what's inside. It's what happens when two holidays collide." That's kind of the. It reminds of me voice. so much of the narration in the film. Yeah. You know. Because they they do it in rhyme as well. And I like that it's a rhyme scheme. And that rhyme mm-hmm. scheme carries over throughout the entire attraction from even like the loading platform uh, instructions. Yes. Although the in the stretching room itself, which is where we're headed next, unless do you have anything else for the foyer? Did you? No, I'm trying to pull up the pictures of the stretching room. I have some of them, but not all of them are loading. Do you I'm have, in. This is what if you had it in Disney World, this is what this one looked like. This is Tokyo Disney. They actually the little white circle is Jack. So the aging man, they turn to like a portrait of Jack instead. And then they add lights to the foyer. But they 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 just have like Garland in Disneyland's version. I don't even have a picture of it because it wasn't that interesting. Um, It wasn't that different. It was just slightly more decorated. Mm hmm. And then we're going into the stretching room and the stretching room narration. Some of it actually is. Um, like when it begins to stretch was actually taken from his original um, poem that he wrote rather than the film. So um, do we want to talk about the different portraits in there? Yeah. Yes, I would. So there's, there's several, they all change, right? Mm -hmm. So you have one, a Jack Skellington one. Most of, most of them are, uh, are toys. Like there's this one. They have, Four. Yep. They have. Uh, there's also the. Where's the zero one? So they have one that's "Twas the night nightmare before Christmas" was what it says, and then they have Sandy Claus in the sleigh with zero. Then they have "Not a creature was peaceful," which is a Christmas tree with presents that then turns into a hidden it's Mickey, or a, a tur- turns into attacking Halloween presents. Um, which one you got? I'm like trying that was, to track yeah, you. That, you're going to like... No, 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 you're good. No, <laughs> okay. no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping along with your. Okay. Then they have the stockings all hung with chimney by the chimney with care, which is a fireplace that then turns into Sandy Claus with ghosts. And then they have the children nestled all snug in their beds, which it shows children sleeping, and then that turns into a giant, the giant uh, sandworm striped snake that we see later in the attic. Um, and in the one that is the Christmas tree with presents on it, um, there's a hidden Mickey on the Holland holly berries. Yeah, so what they didn't actually take off the old portraits because they're too hard to remove. So they just laid these over them. It's literally an overlay. So the old stretching room portraits are still behind these when they're stretching, which I think is fascinating. I also like how they, they put like little skeleton heads and bats all over the place as well oh yeah it's everywhere the other thing too that changes uh 
is the center. So normally we're all used to um, the center being just just nothing moving. It's just that scrim. And then when the light flashes, it goes away. Well, there's no use of the scrim except for as a projector uh, screen space. And you have Sandy Claus basically saying happy holidays through the center of that. Yeah. And then there's a giant scream. And you can see uh, not this picture, but it's like just his grin, that like big toothy grin in his eyes. And then... Yeah, that looks like Tokyo. And then you leave. I think that's the Tokyo version. Because that, that one's a little... Tokyo's a little bit different than the Disneyland one. This and you can still kind of see the hanging man in the attic. That's still something you kind of see behind him. Um, but... Oh, here you go. This is it set before it stretches. Mm -hmm. So you can see how they're all circular and demonic. And then you have this stained glass wreath at the top. <clears throat> and this is the Tokyo version. They actually have these little, like, ghost... Uh, skull illuminations oh, that cool. they use too, which is interesting. Yeah, that's a cool addition. Um, so I almost wish that they used projections at that top part in the regular story. Yeah, because it feels like an underutilized area. I mean, it's all it is is you just see the the scrim piece, which is fine. But I guess it's supposed to be that you're you just think you're in a regular room and then the illusions like, you know, that it's stretching. We've talked yeah, about I stretching mean, room a lot, but it's like, maybe it's mm -hmm. just like you're not supposed to see anything kind of Fair. weird about it until you're like, wait a minute, what's happening to me? And I think the lights might make it feel like, oh, there's something happening here. I don't know. No, um, you're probably right. So then, like I said, the narration, I won't read all of this because it, it's, it's long, but the part that is from the actual like poem that he wrote versus the from the movie it says the ghost host says twas the nightmare before christmas and all through the house not a creature was peaceful not even a mouse the stockings all hung with the chimney with care when opened that morning would cause such a scare the children nestled all snug in their be beds would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads um and then there's there's a lot of like these are the glass breaking sounds a lot when they're showing his face and then he says happy holidays everyone and then um the ghost host after that they say he still says look alive this is one holiday you'll want to survive which i think is fun that's so, true and they tell you to move along to the portrait move corridor. it beat it get, <laughs> get out of here there. we gotta we gotta keep moving now <laughs> you guys have of course uh you're changing portraits in that hallway while you're walking underneath the train tracks where in yeah. disney world it's you're in the doom buggy as you experience that. So here are the images and then what they change to. Well, this so, is from the Ken Anderson concept art is what they mm -hmm. used for that, which I think is really fun. So this is what I'm holding is the concept art. And what Kirk has is the current one that changes. And when it changes, they don't use the like um, lightning flashes like they usually do. Um, what they do is they instead it just kind of like kind of gets like watery and then it like dissolves like from a circle in the center it just like flips from one to the other but zero flies throughout all of them so he kind of like flies from screen to screen and like interacts with the screen like what's on the screen which is really neat he'll like fly around the columns of the buildings which i think is really cute um yeah it's not as it's not as static as the other ones Mm -mm. The portrait of the snowman changing into a jack-o'-lantern is lifted directly from an illustration in Tim Burton's original Nightmare Before Christmas poem storybook. So that's where that comes from. And then, um, yeah, and then you have Sally 
it has a, a tree that then goes to like the Halloween tree and then back to regular tree. Um, and Santa, the Santa sleigh with Jack Coffin sleigh, um, Jack to Sandy Claus. I, I think they're really cute. They're really like, they're very well done for the movie. They encapsulate the movie really well. Mm -hmm. but, and then they have a whole narration that goes with that. That's Jack Skellington came here from Halloween Town. You'll notice his handiwork scattered around this year. He's decided to play Sandy Claus. But when Halloween creates, creates Christmas, you might see a few flaws. And it keeps going um, for that. So those are the changing portraits. And then we do see... Um, where do I... I lost it. The, the bus. I don't know if you... Oh, they have... That. They have little Christmas lights in front of them. One says, ho, ho, ho. Another one says, Noel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the so, one on the left says, ho, ho, ho. And the one to the right says, Noel in front of it. Yeah. Aunt Lucretia says, Noel. And then the other one says, ho, ho, ho. And it's all like spider webs that then have like lights put in them. So like the spider, like Charlotte's Web. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a little spider that drew that. So how long, um, is does it take for them to do the changeover and the switchback? I think about two weeks usually. That's not it's, that long. It's not that long, but they. I don't you know, know how they, they do it, it in two pack. weeks. A lot yeah, of it's, it's just like it's, literally overlaid on top of things. So. Well, I I know like we're gonna get there, but the, one of my favorites, and I won't spoil it, is what they do with the singing busts. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that is a straight up overlay. <laughs> I like the soldier, the the. the oh, okay, the yeah, soldier, yeah, the the armor yeah. suit of armor. That mm -hmm. one's funny, too. Yeah, similar. Okay, <laughs> so after this, if you're familiar with Disneyland, then you go into the load area, which with Disneyland, then you go into the load area, which has this amazing mural on it that has like all these interactive details. That's like it's like come to life. Basically, it's not just a static. We just put something there. Um, it has words Merry Christmas, but then it changes to Scary Christmas because the letters yes. flip around. <laughs> yep. The, the very front will change around. Um, and then they have the mayor's head will flip from his like happy face to a sat his like angry face. Um, the mad scientist dude's like head opens up so his brain says his brain Noel starts showing. <laughs> Jack, uh, Jack, I'm just an elected official. Uh. <laughs> um, Oogie Boogie appears in the moon. Santa peeks out of a box. The clown with the tearaway face like takes his face off. Um, and there's a monster emerging from the wall holding up a sign for free sleigh rides, um, which is the one hiding under your stairs from the musical sequence in This is Halloween from the film. Um, so one of my favorite parts of this, and this is just a 2D section, is you have uh, Boogie's Boys, but look at who's in the center. Oh my gosh, the hitchhiking so ghost. That's like I a fun little. That. Oh, yeah, that's a cool one. <laughs> I tell you, I because you go by it so fast. You're like you're walking by, you're seeing all the things and you're like, it's like this giant mural, but you're trying to focus on loading. So you like hardly anybody sees all of that. You see mm -hmm. it for a few, like a minute, maybe while you're walking by. Yeah, so, it happens way too quick. It does. But it's got some great details to it. And then mm -hmm. um, they I love that they, they changed the script too for even the load area oh the day. the load area what's what's the part with the feet <laughs> okay so it says don't pull down the bar it will float down with ease and keep a close watch on all children please all good ghouls and boys must sit safe in their seats and keep in their sleigh all hands arms legs or feet <laughs> i love that this is feet this is a silly thing to say feet 
Um, so after that, if you're in Disneyland or Tokyo, it's a little bit different because you think about how Disney World's version is different than Disneyland. So if, you, if you're familiar with Disney World, think of it like Tokyo. It's the same kind of setup. They're very, they're, Tokyo's version is pretty much what Disney World used to be before they changed some of the features of it. But so it's like old school Disney World well, haunted mansion. <laughs> the other part, too. Right. So, like, remember, our narration has changed. Also, music has changed. Uh, yeah. I love that you can actually listen to all this music if you want to. There's actually an album for it. And uh, they call them Christmas scarols, which I think is fun. And uh, and they go, yeah, they change. And I, I'm going to have to ask your question when we get to the graveyard scene, if it has changed before then. But yeah, I mean, you're you're dealing with. Uh, Kidnap Sandy Claus is going on right now through the loading zone as well as that corridor of doors, which we're about to get to. Yeah. So there, what you see in this kind of like stairwell area, you see the vampire Teddy fishing. I'm trying to remember <laughs> what he has in the end. I feel like it's a present, but I couldn't see it in the dark and I can't remember what it is. It looks like it has a tag on it. I think it's a present, but the vampire Teddy is big there. And then in Tokyo version, it's Jack and Sally. Um, kind of having an exchange um he has a spider and the spider has a gift on it spider thank you so he's he's got the little fishing pole the spider is there but the spider has blocked it out yeah the spider has (laughs) like i don't want to know what it is (laughs) (laughs) well we get to see vampire teddy a couple of times uh, shows up he's like he's kind of like the raven in he's like almost like the mascot of the yeah and and coincidentally shows up in similar scenes throughout uh the haunted mansion yeah ones where you would see the raven normally yep yep so then in tokyo we see more of this version jack and sally up on the the banister, the railing, the second story. Hello there. The angel is a nightmare. He's <laughs> a vampire teddy there too. And since we're in Tokyo, Tokyo has a couple different scenes. We've got, um, <laughs> we do have, that's frightening. <laughs> well, it's a vampire teddy. What do you expect? Which, which remember <laughs> vampire teddy, we do see as well in the, um, the stretching room portrait. Yeah. He's been, I think he's, he's kind of like the room. He might he's be in the, every room. I'm not going to I'm going to say it. He's the high key mascot of this. Yeah. He's got his own merch. Oh, he's got a ton of merch, which is funny because yeah. I didn't really know what he was for a long time. And I had like eventually had to look it up. And I was like, is he a cat? Is he a if, <laughs> if, you, got tw- he? if you got 24 <laughs> bucks? You can get yourself a little plush a little vampire teddy. There you go. <laughs> Cute. And for those of you listening who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the little guy with a white face, the giant red lips and like a round head. And he's like black and white. That's it's a very little, sharp, jagged very sharp teeth. teeth. Yes. But really so, fun little cutie ears. He does have cute little ears, little bear ears. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the Tokyo version, we head through a couple extra rooms that Disneyland version doesn't have. And so we've got zero decorating um a book floating book tree with tinsel which is really fun in the library and then we have uh jack or we have sally sorry not jack to our friend vampire teddy play some piano tunes 
Can I also show that this this is like a slight non sequitur, but I just thought about it and uh, yeah. finally found a picture of it because I was thinking about merch. I actually own this for the overlay, but they had wishables are gone. Now it's only munchlings, which to my dismay, well, sad, but dude. they have Oogie Boogie. And then they have a sandworm, Sandy Claws, Zero, Vampire Teddy. Vampire Teddy. Was a part of that. That was last year or maybe two years ago. That they did those uh, wishables, which they're really, really fun. <laughs> um, and we had the port, so we had the portrait hallway in Disneyland, and then in Disney, um, Tokyo Disney, we've got so they, this is what the portrait corridor used to look like at Disney World on both yeah, sides. Yeah, our sinister 11. 11, yeah. And so they have little portraits of the, um, <laughs> you can see it better here, portraits of like citizens of Halloween Town. Yeah, dude, corner. I just realized, like, what is wrong with us? Like, we literally talk about things like as if like this is like commonplace. Like, ah, you know, oh yeah, Sinister Eleven. Like, most people are like, <laughs> what are you babbling about? Like, like, I just like I realize like right now this is very conversational, and that's how this is. And like, if you miss the forty hours of Haunted Mansion, I apologize. <laughs> However, like, we don't have time to explain the Sinister Eleven right now. Like, that would take back, all nights. <laughs> go back to episode thirty-two. <laughs> it was probably like I don't know. Which it was one probably did we seventeen. Sinister Eleven. It's probably it was in like, the portrait uh, corridor. Oh, uh, then then that Which probably point? I'm guessing that was probably like episode like seven or eight. Yeah, somewhere it was earlier there. on. Yeah, because yeah, we just jumped right into the haunted mansion. <laughs> our favorite attraction, just to see if we even <laughs> want to do this anymore. Do we want to quit? <laughs> no. If anything, I'm like now I want to do them all. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that Tokyo has before we move back to Disneyland is they have the um, grand staircase, which now, you know, is like the in Disney World is the place where you see the steps, them, the ghostly steps walking around the staircases mm -hmm. that look like. Um, but in they used to have a staircase with two spiders. So they still see the spiders there on spider webs. And they also have a little projection of Oogie Boogie and then a whole bunch of little spiders in cages. So they've got that as well. Bothers me that w there's like a campaign at Disney World to remove spiders off of attractions because not only did it happen here in the Haunted Mansion, but it also happened in uh, the Jungle Cruise. And I'm not a fan and I don't like it. Bring the spiders back. Well, I mean, the one that was in the Jungle Cruise was from the Haunted Mansion. They just keep they just keep getting displaced. I don't like sad. it. Very sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we're in the endless hallway. That's we are. I'm trying to find a picture of the knights right now. Oh, I've got a great one. So they you I've got kinda, a zero picture. They you go around the corner and there's a bunch of presents in the corner and one of them says season screamings on the tag. <laughs> um, which is really fun. And then you're headed into Well you have you have like a pile of bones, right? In front that says zero floating and then there's zero in the background. Season screamings. Um Yes, let me show you the... Okay, so this you can see from the side. If you look from the side, you see the suit of armor just literally has a pumpkin just kind of like stuck in <laughs> They literally face. just jammed a pumpkin on his head. <laughs> Which just makes me so happy. You know what makes me unhappy? That we never got to experience this. I with, know! With live action. <laughs> Could you imagine? Bring, they, you know, it's funny. What would be so freaky is if you were riding that like creeping it at the end of the night and like oh. some, somebody popped out at you <laughs> told you i wrote it by myself and if it wasn't for the live stream with me i would have been 
honestly really freaked out. It was really weird. Yeah, it's it's bizarre to do that. So here's zero two. You can see there's a floating bone and then there's zero behind it. And then there's a pile of bones in the front for zero. So a really cute little little guy. Um, that's pretty much. Oh, and they removed the what they say, the Donald Duck chair. They removed that chair um, for the overlay. So it just isn't there at all. Which I always thought was interesting that they moved it. I, um, <laughs> whoever had to move that, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the spit chair. The spit chair. <laughs> so gross. Um, the brittle go... spit chair. <laughs> now we're going into the conservatory, which we get our mascot back. You're still in the spit chair. Yeah. yeah well, no, I just, you know, <laughs> for people who wanted to see the Donald Duck spit chair real quick. Uh, Teddy, we want Teddy on a, um, on a coffin. Is that where we're rolling? Yeah. And if you I want... also like, he's got like a little hammer in his hand. <laughs> yeah, he's a little, he's... well, he's hammering the coffin back yeah. closed. Yeah. He's... he's like, get him back in there. <laughs> Which apparently they sold that as like a little ceramic as well. So, um, I, my favorite part of this scene is actually not Teddy and normally, you know, Teddy, but I also like, uh, do not open till Christmas. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, get he's, back in there till Christmas. Yeah, till Christmas. <laughs> but you can subtly see it over here. I love these singing uh, like piranha plants. Mm -hmm. They are so fun. And they sing in like unison um, as you're going through this section. And yeah, I mean, they had ceramic. This was from 2004, a Teddy Bobble. That's fun. On the, and then they also did a pin of this exact same thing. It's like crazy. Yeah. The amount of merch, like, just There's so much. Small, small. They sing, um, kidnap the Sandy Claus. Da, 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 da. That's what they sing. They sing it like mm -hmm. in a happy tune. Um, but they're actually inspired by similar singing plants from the 1986 musical film Little Shop of Little Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Mm -hmm. That was Jackie, Jackie Beachy to it. Yeah. Namely from the Mean Green Mother from Outer Space musical number. So that's yeah. where they're that's where they come from. Or at least they're inspired by. And then the narration says nothing here was forgotten. It all looks so ple pleasant. A coffin, Jack says, makes a fine Christmas present. A man eating plant makes a wonderful wreath as long as you don't get caught in its teeth. So that's that's in our corridor of doors. It's true. Which is what we were mentioning earlier, which is definitely one of my absolute favorite parts of Haunted Mansion holiday. I also like when you think about it, right? Those flowers are, you know, because we see a wreath there for mourning the dead. So it's very apropos to have like a funeral flower, but this time to be like a man-eating monster one. That's not like far yeah. off, uh, off script. Oh my gosh, I can't even. I can't even with this. He's it literally so moves. It moves. Yeah. So he holds know. on to that, that chandelier, like with almost like a like a plant arm, and he like moves it back and forth. And then all of his tendrils are like all over all of the doors in the corridor. It's very hard to see because it's very dark in a lot of this photography. And then they have more of those singing like plants all throughout the corridor of doors as well. But he's a uh, he's and you're kind of like tilted back a little bit too. So like, he's like right here. He, and he's it's, intense. <laughs> it's massively oversized mm -hmm. and beautifully done. Hang on. Let it me, is. Uh, 
I just I have to show it because it's just like it's one of the most impressive things. Yeah. So I'm going to play just a, a like a two second POV of Go this. Let me make it big. So you can see zero. <clears throat> you can see the plants are now singing. <laughs> There's Teddy hammering away. And then now you start seeing the vines are like overtaking even like the doorways, mm -hmm. which I think is all it's cool because it's all like interchange and you can start seeing the shadow. And then hello, he's, like he's huge, just huge. And it's like his arms are these big old vines holding the chandelier and just he's like moving. Them and around. he's yeah, he's, it's like right about he's about to like munch on it, you know? Yeah, well, keep playing because we'll we'll just show the next scene because we're headed there anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. Because I think that this is also one of, like, I actually prefer this Haunted Mansion overlay of the seance room, I think, to the original because okay. it's so well done. So they have, of course, the clock says to now, Leota, 13 special gifts for you. That's what that tag says in case you can't read yes, it. Yes, and, uh, and I have pictures of all of the 13 and what they stand for as well. Oh, so. good. I didn't get all mm -hmm. of them. That's great. Yep. So, you know, very fitting that you have uh, the Making Spirits Bright shirt because here we are having floating ornaments and every okay. single one of these portraits in the back are tarot cards. And in the center is uh, Madame Leota. And what is she in? An ornament. So mm -hmm. it looks like I'm not so original. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the back is Teddy banging a bunch of jingle bells like a crazy <laughs> person like, jingle bells, and then a demonic bells. little nutcracker who's uh oh who's my gosh doing that. i love the nutcracker. <laughs> like, like a tarot card pentagram over there going on and then all of these uh these tarot cards which are really pretty hanging i wonder if like all the other if they take down all the instruments or if they're just not illuminated so it's hard to tell that they're still hanging i looked at I it they're still I, I feel like they took them down because okay. they because this, where those ones are spinning up there is where the instruments sure. are usually spinning. I think they just take them down and then pin up the cards, put them on the yeah. same things. If I had to guess, because it, it's, they're in the same location. So here are all of the tarot cards. Um, and they, each one is for the, they call it like the 13 days of Christmas. And there's a star and it says um, a star atop leota's fortune card two passion potions four lifetimes uh four wheels or three lifetimes four wheels of fortune five lucky charms six mystic mirrors seven pearls of wisdom eight balls of knowledge nine crystal balls 10 telling tea leaves 11 candles floating 12 signs of the zodiac and 13 rings of power and then they are this, they actually sold these as a tarot card set as well. So I found this actually at an auction house. That was a the, huge uh, missed opportunity that you did not sing that like the 12 days of Christmas. I know, like, but they don't on. really, they, they don't, they don't <laughs> go that well. Do you know what I mean? You could have like, made it uh, work. All right, ready? Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. 13 rings of power, 12 signs of the Zodiac, 11 candles floating, 10 telling tea leaves, nine magic crystals, eight balls of knowledge. Balls. <laughs> Seven pearls of wisdom, six mystic mirrors, five lucky charms, four wheels of fortune, three lifelines, two passion potions, and a star for my fortune card tree. There you go. Well done, well done. 
<laughs> I was they, I mean, they you didn't try that first. <laughs> well, you know what? It was because I was going the opposite direction. I was going like from mm. one up, and I wasn't seeing like each individual one. But yeah, you have you have Jack Skellington, <laughs> and then Sally is number two for the potions, and then this is the bit. What's happening, Bone Daddy? The oh, uh, yes. <laughs> the band. Then Oogie Boogie is Wheels of Fortune. Lucky Charms is the clown that removes his face and vanishes without a trace. That's interesting. Six Mystic Mirrors are the vampires, which they can't see their reflections, so that's funny. <laughs> uh, seven Pearls of Wisdom is that mermaid with her pearls. Nice. And then Eight Balls of Knowledge, Nine Magic Crystals is a spider, Ten Telling Tea Leaves is a witch, Eleven Candles Floating, Twelve Signs of the Zodiac is... What's it? Dr... I forget his, his name. I don't know. I just keep calling Some, him Mad Scientist. I can't remember his sure. name. Sure. <laughs> um, and then 13 Rings of Power. There you go. And this is uh, what it looks like in Tokyo in this room, which is actually a little not, it's a little less impressive. But they do have this big window with lock, shock, and barrel back there. Um, yeah. But she's not floating and there's no, like, lights and it's a little bit of a letdown. It's not as colorful. <laughs> it's no, just kind of, that's not fun. Because even, even though it's, um, I mean, when you look at it, it's very vibrant. For a, I mean, this entire overlay, we're not caught in that Germanic style here. I mean, it's yeah. nothing but yeah. bright, bright lights. <laughs> It's gorgeous. Teddy, I, I Teddy love with his this jingle part. bells. Yeah. Like it was a, like the Teddy with the jingle bells just keep mm -hmm. icing on the cake. He's just like. Ding, 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 ding. I got I got it. And his mouth is moving in it, too. Dr. Finkelstein. <laughs> thank you. Finkelstein. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. He's always like scratching like, his. What is name? I know. Opening up his head. Wormswood. Did you give me Wormswood, you silly girl? He's <laughs> always sewing her arms back on. Well, the deadly nightshade we actually have in our backyard, and I always have to tell the girls not to eat it, like, in the summertime when they're out back there, because they look like little green berries, and they're super poisonous. They just grow, like, a weed out here. So, oh. I'm like, every time oh. she makes deadly nightshade, I'm like, no! Don't make <laughs> it, don't do it. Oh. Um, So, that's Madame Leota. Let's move along into the ballroom. I know we're trucking fast, but we got a lot mm -hmm. to go through. So, the ballroom, I... um. There's a lot of changes in the ballroom. Something I want to touch on, though, is something that I have looked for forever, and I finally found it, which is the bullet hole in the glass in Disneyland. Oh, you found um, it. I finally found it, and actually it kind of shows up in this picture. So they put a big spider over it because it like kind of looks like, like the looks glass like is a web. splintered. So they put mm -hmm. a spider. So if you look, it's not going to be very clear here. I have another better picture. But if you look where the star is, right in the bottom of the star... On the Christmas tree, there's a little oh, yeah. black it's dot. Oh, like a little dot, little dot. That's it. So if you're trying to look for it and you're at Disneyland, it's um, if you're looking and you're going along where the dancers are right in front of you, the ballroom waltz yeah. dancers, that right in front of you, that's just look straight forward and you'll probably see it right there. But the bullet hole was from 1974 when some guest with a firearm, a 22 caliber firearm, shot... I think two shots in the Haunted Mansion. One, no, maybe one in the Haunted Mansion. He did one in the Adventure Through Inner Space ride. And then he did one in the Grand Canyon diorama in the glass. And so from what I've heard, there's a lot of rumors about this, about like 
why didn't they replace it? Some people say it was just it was too heavy, cost too much. Somebody said they'd have to take the whole roof off of the mansion because of the size of the glass pane of glass. I'm like, I don't know how accurate that is. <laughs> I think no, because it's, they're they're in sections. Yeah, it's I not like one it's, whole piece. It's probably more likely that they just didn't think it was worth the expense of fixing because it's so slight and small. So they was like, let's stick a spider on there. We'll call it good. <laughs> yeah, it's just but a bullet hole. The bullet holes there. So just wanted, that's my little squirrel aside um, for the, the ballroom because I'm like, I finally found it. Um, oh, I had a bigger, better picture of it too. And then we can talk about the rest of the ballroom. Here's a better picture of it. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot that happens in the ballroom that's really cool. Um, one of the ones is we are now getting uh, our sleigh. Our coffin sleigh is making its grand appearance in the party. And uh, it's crashed through the front door and has replaced the hearse. I love so that. So the hearse is no more. And then I also love that the jack-o'-lantern up here is very much a jack-o'-lantern mm -hmm. versus jack versus all the other all the other uh, pumpkins are kind of more traditional. You know. Yeah, yeah, and they have a lot of snow and pumpkins and presents just kind of pouring out. And then the gingerbread house itself. This it is crazy. Changes every year. This is crazy that this changes every year. And apparently on one of these anniversaries, they utilized uh, like a piece from every year. So they went all the way back when uh, this debuted and put them in together. I, I, It's just so unbelievable. Like I look down here, it's a little, it's Bones and Silas Crump as gingerbread people. Oh. It's so this cool. One has, this was from. This was 2019. Mine, I think, is 2020 or 2021, but they have two X's for eyes. I think that symbolizes 20. 20, yeah, that would make sense. This one has a hat box ghost at the top. There was, I had There's a, so there was there them. was a Disney Parks article about, let me see if I can get it real quick, because now this my This one has a sandworm. The sandworm is a big star in this year. And then um, this one's a big, like, oogie boogie spider year. And so the, the smell of the gingerbread apparently like permeates the room so much that that then they have things that like fans or whatever smellitizers that, that blow it towards you so that, that you can smell the gingerbread. And you really do smell the gingerbread. It smells so good. But they do make it a new one every year. And we had the concept art in here somewhere for their first one. Um, this one used one. for that 20th one that you had oh, utilized yeah. elements of every single year prior. To that, there's pieces from every single year prior, which I think is really cool. Like they took the one or two elements and put them yeah, in. Yeah, that's neat. I mm -hmm. love that. Also, but not that the actual wreath. gingerbread, just elements. <laughs> yeah, the wreath is so cool. What you don't like gingerbread? No, I meant like. They didn't use the old pieces of gingerbread. Oh, no, no. You know, it, <laughs> like, it was ooh. funny. For the longest time, Mel and I, when we first started dating, we made a gingerbread house together. And the welcome Aww. mat uh, said it had our initials on it. And I actually had saved that. It was on like a piece of graham cracker. And I saved that. And every year we put that on our gingerbread house until like year six. It just was like, please let me die. I was like, all right, dude, you got it. 
The welcome back. I thought you were going to tell me until one year one of your kids ate it. No, like, no. no. It was like starting to like every time I pried it up, it like was disintegrating more and more. Do you know what I mean? Like it had a base yeah. of like icing underneath it and it was just getting like bigger and more dilapidated on the sides. I had to. It's just time to, had let, to let it, it go. go. Had to let it had go. Had to move on. All good gingerbread just... comes to an end. This one's a, like a lock, shock, and barrel version as well. There's so many. It's amazing how creative they get having done it for so many years. And they were able to get that big red lobster man. They didn't put him in a boiling pot, though, which was sad. <laughs> With his blood red coat. If they would have boiled him up, I would have been in. Um, next to the table with the gingerbread, we have this kind of macabre Halloween tree with the spider that I kind of showed you guys. But um, And then the dancers kind of, there's a whole bunch of presents below mm -hmm. it. And the dancers kind of dance through the presents, really. They just kind of, you know, as they do. They're um, ghosts. What do they ghosts. care? They do, they do what they want. <laughs> they do what they like. And then the organist in um, the Disneyland. I do like, zero, hang on real quick. I do like how Zero is at the top. He's like kind of the topper. Well, he like floats tree. around, I think. He floats yeah. around. But like, but there's no distinctive, like that star is not at the top. Um, so oh, like yeah. Zero is kind of our, our, our topper. That's, Which yeah. he's the topper in Disney Springs as well. Real original Disney Springs. Also the... The Haunted Mansion tree did not change at all. There was no change of any of the trees except for uh, there was two trees that changed. They had an Encanto tree and the Disney Plus tree changed. Everything else was the same. Lame. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the Tokyo version, they actually have a window that has Jack and Sally, like a silhouette of them. Oh, fun. And then you so can see the organist has a little like sand silhouette of them, which Aww. is fun. By the way, I will post the link to the script in the podcast notes and also into the Discord because there are some great things that Madame Leoro says. And there's, I just don't want to read you all the narration because we'd be here all night. Um, but so then we're going to go to oh the, the ballroom. Attic. The attic, yeah. So the music sh shifts to what's this? What's this? <laughs> mm -hmm. So several of the toys of the attic are taken directly from the film or the illustrated storybook, including the duck with teeth and the oogie boogie, little oogie boogie doll, the giant snake, which we already talked about, the sandworm dude. Is that a tremor or is that a dune sandworm? What is that thing? <laughs> it could be a lot of things. Um, so there used to be a hat box, a green hat box in this scene that I'm pretty sure they took out. Now it's like they might have just decorated with different paper, but they, they made it a lot less obvious once they actually put the hat box ghost back in the attic because it wasn't necessary anymore. So they used to have this like little nod to the hat box ghost, even though he wasn't there. Hmm. Um, but now they just have the hat box ghost, so they don't really need it. Um, 2023, my year to shine. The... Um, Night, naughty and nice list that the sandworm holds um, has the name like we talked about Vincent earlier. It has Vincent on it, um, which is the like nod the nod to the to the film. Yep, the nineteen eighty two short film. And it also has like a little. That's the only one that has like a naughty symbol. Yeah, or, well, I mean, it also could be like Vincent Price, who was like one of be. his people, right? And he um, that he did. Um, before he passed, he was the original voice of Santa Claus in The Nightmare Before Christmas, and then he left the project due to family matters, so he was um, involved in it. So you brought this up. Any idea who Donna is? 
Donna. I feel like there was a Donna that I looked for earlier. I was going to do more research about the names and I ran out of time. She's, she's the only book. <laughs> yeah, but she's the only other one that has the skull and crossbones next to their name. Everyone else has pumpkins. It's just somebody they didn't like on the project. They just... <laughs> Donna. <laughs> They're like, put one next to Donna. <laughs> put... <laughs> like, she won't notice, but we'll know. <laughs> Or Donna. <laughs> the petty imagineering. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure, but I'll look it up. Um, and then what other notes I have in here? Um, they do have different names on the Tokyo version of the list. They're more like Japanese names. Um, and then in here, the narration is a bag full of toys. Jack had slung on his back. They were strange and bizarre and on the attack. So then all the toys look like they're trying to attack you, which is pretty fun. Um, I don't have any great pictures of here. This is like, you can kind of see the Oogie Boogie little miniature toy in this one. He's in the little box. Tiny little Oogie Boogie. Probably filled with worms and bugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then I do love how they change. So they kind of don't, they don't have, you know, kind of, they don't have Constance here at all. And they change the portrait of her husband to Jack. You can kind of see it back there. So... Uh, speaking of which, I just wanted to share this because uh, I had this earlier for when we were talking about the outside, but I didn't, it wasn't loading. Oh, yeah. But occasionally oh. they'll do a Sandy Claus, which this has to be the exact same one that they do for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I would imagine it's identical. Well, they do a meet and greet with them that's mm -hmm. over in New Orleans Square. So, yeah, I love that. I definitely. I would much rather meet the Sandy Claus version of Jack than the regular Jack because with the beard and the hat, he's much less menacing and creepy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, because when my daughter, my daughter loved Nightmare Before Christmas when she was little, like when she was six, she was obsessed with it. And so we went to go meet him at uh, Disneyland. And when she met him, she was like, something's wrong with his neck, mom. Like, why is his neck so thick? <laughs> Like, he didn't look the same. Yeah, they... <laughs> I'm like... There's always yeah. those times where you're like, they don't look anything like... I'm like, I know. But then there's he times where they, they don't look a lot alike, <laughs> but they look awesome. Like Dumbo. Yeah. Dumbo yeah, is one Dumbo. of those ones where it doesn't look like, but is adorable. Yeah. Even those, like, those early Dumbos from, like, opening day get me. They're just... The lumbering Dumbo. I mean, the, the, the shredded mouth Mickey is a thing of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's there really are some bad. of those opening day ones. That, mm -mm. It's but, really bad. <laughs> um, so we see the Hatbox Ghost. You kind of showed a little bit of it already, but the Hatbox Ghost doesn't really have much else going on for it for Haunted Mansion. It's like some snow is on his hat boxes. Snow behind it. And there's a, there's a hat that's like a elf Santa kind of green red striped hat. Um and then we get kind of this the view from up there. We get this first view of the Spiral Hill, which is kind of the iconic Halloween town landmark. We see it from up above. And there's a good view of these like trumpet angels from up here, too. I also like that they change out um, the animation, which is normally that like scrim rolling ghosts to snowflakes is a cool. Mm -hmm. That's a cool oh, effect. Yeah. 
Yeah, those ones that are Fantasia ghosts, they change mm -hmm. the snowflakes. I don't know if I've ever noticed that. Look at that. Learning. I got you on two today. <laughs> I know. Oh, Not man, like I'm, I'm keeping slipping. track like a like a like a petty person or anything. Oh, you remember that time that I taught that famous <laughs> author two things about the haunted mansion? <laughs> <laughs> don't listen. I follow you on Amazon now. I follow the author. So. Oh my gosh. Yep. I'll know. On. I'll know when stuff comes out. Whoa! Look at how bright that is. You can see the attic so well. Mm -hmm. And then our friend. Which Vampire Teddy. you have, isn't that normally uh, the Raven? Mm-hmm. See, so, I think they swapped him out. Yeah, I think he takes over the Raven the entire time because here um, it, on the coffin, although the coffin one, he's in the center where he's on top of the re the raven is on top of the wreath yeah, he's like because they had to put the like singing flowers yes yeah, singing where flowers the raven is. so so they just like repositioned where mm -hmm. he is but yeah he's like the raven of haunted mansion holiday is the vampire teddy now here's the big reveal oh i love this part the greatest audio animatronic i mean he looks fantastic with little zero next to him mm-hmm a different color bag in that one it's interesting could be just like also uh it could yeah i don't lighting. know it could be lighting this is from 2019. this is minus from 2022 so this is this mm -hmm. year um sandy's got a brand new bag <laughs> so there is in this scene as we're entering the graveyard there is 75,000 square feet of snow so almost the size of two basketball courts there's also ever more than 1,000 lights added. Did you make that up? <laughs> no. Oh, look at, look at the amount of lights. Like, I feel like that's a good answer. But no, there, no that's, that's true, too. Um, that's they, added, they added Sally, the audio animatronic of Sally, in 2016 for the 15, 15th anniversary of the attraction, the overlay at Disneyland. But only in Disneyland. I did not see it in Tokyo. Um, and Tokyo's is really lackluster, to be honest. Uh, yeah, like, it's stinks. Like, yeah. Disneyland is so much better. Yeah. Um, Sally's basket and its contents are lifted directly from a scene in the film where Sally brings Jack the same basket. So they're identical. Um, yeah, there was like potions in it from a picture I saw earlier. It's like lots of different bottles and things. Yeah. And then the um, Fandom 5 is all decked out for Christmas. I think they've got different hats on. I don't know if you want to roll that back just a tiny bit. I yeah, I don't know if she... Like, I feel I like they, they had different they... hats. But I know that they they definitely for sure got a lot more Christmas lights and decorations and all the things. Oh, look, Sierra has a little candy cane. I don't know if I ever noticed mm -hmm. that before. And then, okay, so here's the Phantom Five. Their Super hats look the tell. same. Hats look the same, but they've they got all identical. the snowflakes yeah. and icicles and ribbons and things. There is there is ribbons on all the gravestones and the and the snowflakes behind them as well. And then there's the um, there's the basket. There's the basket. It's like a yeah. dead fish. Just fish bones. Fish bones. All the important oh, things. You bring someone. A, care package. Have a lovely fishbone picnic. <laughs> I love when she blinks. She's like, she's so yeah. in love with Jack. She's just like, oh. hmm. Oh. <laughs> I love Sally. So then in this scene, we have um, a skeleton reindeer with a tea tray and teacups. And then we also have a skeleton reindeer back there with the bicyclist in the back. I think I've got a picture of that. 
Somewhere. So on this one, it's kind of fun because the way that they have it framed, the doggy is like pulling lights off and the reindeer is kind of like around the lights as well. Oh, yeah. And he's barking. He's barking at the reindeer like a lot. Like you can hear him bark, bark, bark. Because he's like, what do you, you're not supposed to be here. Like dogs do. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see in this one, way in the back, uh, sort of, there's a, one of the bicyclists is a little, one of the reindeers, skeleton yeah. reindeer. You can't see it really good on this, but you can on the, the next frame after we get through the, uh, the singing busts. Oh yeah. Do you want to do the singing bus? Sure. So you have that curled mountain, of course, that he walks on and kind of, you know, it unfurls for him. But then the singing busts, like you could see, you could see the bottom of the bust. Like they, you can <laughs> see like their necks. It's like stuck on and it. And they literally, this is my favorite, overlay. Like, look, Theodore's is just like, it's just chilling. But like, you could see the boat. Literally ties. overlaid. It's just, yeah. just stuck on. Yep. And then, um, but they are singing. Yeah. Now they're, I mean, they're, they're singing, um, in this scene, it was... Oh, it's like a blend of songs. It's they right. They do Jingle Bells. They do Grim Grinning Ghosts. They do... Um, I have it in here. What's this? We Wish You a Scary Christmas. Yeah, We Wish You a Scary Christmas was interesting. I have... I don't know if I still have... Where is... There's... Because there's... I want to read the lyrics just for like one quick part of it. So, um, so while you're finding that, I've got what Jack Skellington says as he's, you're like coming around the corner for his it. audio animatronic. He says, um, it's Christmas. Have you been good this year? Ho, ho, ho. What's this? Can you believe your eyes? I like this Christmas thing. C zero. I told you they would like our Christmas fruitcake. Anyone? So cliche. Ho, ho, ho. I really outdid myself this time. Look at all the happy faces. Season's greetings, everyone. Ho, 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 ho. He, he, he. It's Christmas time. Welcome to my Christmas delight. Have you been naughty or nice? I have a special present just for you. Happy holidays, everyone. So those are all the things that he says. Obviously, you only hear like one of those as you go by. Yeah. So my my brother-in-law got a fruitcake this year. He asked his mom to get one because he hasn't had one in like forever or whatever. And uh, it's disgusting. Okay, commercial <laughs> fruitcakes—they're weird, its name. long, rectangular, jellied, candied awfulness. Like I and I was like, "Do you really like this?" He goes, "Nah, not really." But like, I just, I, you know, I wanted to try it again. I was like, "All right." So yeah, haunted mansion holiday scarol number six. We wish you a scary Christmas. We wish you a scary Christmas and a haunted New Year. Good hauntings. We scream to you and your kin. Good hauntings at Christmas and a haunted new year. So bring us some froggy pudding. Oh, bring us some froggy pudding. So bring us some froggy puddings and then disappear. Oh, we won't boo until we get some. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I love the way that they blend that song and, and all of the songs together in that scene. Because then all of a sudden that'll say like, you know, like, Grim Grinny Ghost, come out, do socialize. And then they'll, like, launch into another Christmas song. Yeah, it's like a it's, whole it's it's medley, medley mix that kind of goes together. Mm -hmm. They do a really great job with that. Um, So then they have the angel, these, like, gigantic angel pumpkin things, mm -hmm. which are fascinating. I think we have some concept art in that book, in this book from that. Did you read, did you get out your Haunted Mansion book? Because it's, it's in there somewhere. 
I'm like, I'm not, where is that? But they're really big. I got stuck next to one the last time I was there and I was so happy about it. I was like, look at this thing. Um, <laughs> but there, and I was looking at all the things. So there's a little bit of concept art there or not concept art, but rather the like sculptures for them. Let's see. I mean, there's they're huge, little... like perspective wise, we're going underneath them and they're still towering over us by a good solid six feet. Oh, they're gigantic. Yeah. They dominate that scene. Like you're like, oh, is there somebody behind them? I don't know. Like there's, of course, the um, mummy is behind them, but you just barely notice them because they really do dominate that entire scene. And then um, we see there's really not that much else in that scene. Like it's all just kind of normal. It's like with the extra bows. I mean, this guy didn't. I do like he has a hat. <laughs> the pop-up ghosts have Santa hats Christmas on. <laughs> Which, by the way, in the Tokyo version, in the attic, they have pop-up skeleton heads there because they still have their pop-up grooms. So. Now, we do have our pumpkin trumpeting again. And guess who has his little trumpet? There he is. Where One the raven time. would be. Right? right? Exactly. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like, he is our our little narrator he's right up there looking over you as you head out of the graveyard and into oogie boogie land which is really fun oogie boogie from everything that i have read he is a repurposed audio animatronic from big al from country bears so when they took country bears away at disneyland i mean look at the shape it's like uh, it's the same shape really mm -hmm. so People are just like, no, it isn't. I was like, that's I can it, see it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. And it makes sense for them. They repurpose things all the time. So that's what I've heard, at least. So he does this little wheel of treats here. Um, he has a whole spiel um, about that. And then you see Lock, Shock, and Barrel will pop up every once in a while in these, like there, um, in these little windows. And you, I've, like, the treats are going to, like, random stockings and question marks i've never really understood the point of them um but they're the traditional ones i think that are on the tracks like we saw when we did the history of the hitchhiking ghosts mm -hmm. and they're on a track behind there and they just like it's a and they run um so i'm pretty sure they just like either they stuck them in, in front of them or they like replace them on the track and then after that, we go, and it's a little bit different in Tokyo, but here it's um, Sally sitting and waving to you on a little present. She's our, like, um, little Leota. Yeah. And she says, she's, what does she say? She says, thank you, Sandy Claus, for bringing good cheer. Please hurry back. We can't wait till next year. And I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, and then Jack says, the world will not forget my Christmas night. Merry Christmas, one and all. As you can see him kind of flying through in front of the moon in his mm -hmm. little coffin sleigh. <laughs> So, trash coffin trash coffin and that's that's that i can show you a, the tokyo one this is the concept art for sally sally for the tokyo version she's looking for jack this is what she ended up looking like in that version so she's <laughs> a little bit different yeah it's really quite an experience and it's worth going to see um even at the holiday times when it can be busy, there's some pockets there when it's not as busy, especially now, like if they're extending it till January 29th, 30th, there's time to go see it in January. There's still time. Yeah. And apparently in, I don't know how many years they've done it, but at least one of the years they did a scavenger hunt called Oogie Boogie's Holiday Tricks and Treats. 
and there was little cameos throughout not only the mansion but then also around in the shrubbery and the gardens uh so yeah i thought that's kind of fun Thank you, um, everybody, for joining us for Distory tonight. Thank you for uh, hearing us talk about the Haunted Mansion holiday and um, a few also encouraging words about goals for this next year as we close out 2022 together. This has been an amazing year for um, Kirk and I for Distory, for um, us personally, I think, in our own careers, but mostly because we got to meet you and all of you and hang out with you and build relationships. Honestly, that is the most meaningful thing I know for me. And I'm guessing for Kirk too, if I'm speaking for you, but um, we really love and care about you guys. And we thank you for coming on this journey of history with us. And there's more to come in the new year. We don't know what yet, but something amazing. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Kate and I would do this without you, but with you, <laughs> it's, it's so much better. It is. <laughs> it really is. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful evening. Happy New Year. And I'll see you next year. See you next year. <laughs> see you guys. Love you. Thanks so much. And uh, have a great weekend.